Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. Reflections from the Heart is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a family ministry of Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join us as we break open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for this Sunday's Mass, as we invite the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers to inspire us today. And now, here is your host with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today, I'm joined by Cameron Norris. Welcome, Cameron. Thank you so much. Awesome, awesome. And if everybody would get their Bibles, we're going to break open the Gospel of Luke, chapter 20, verses 27 through 38. But before we do that, let me invite the Holy Spirit in so that we're able to see what we're to see, hear what we're to hear, and then put it into action. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we come to you. We thank you for the gift of this day, the opportunity to serve you, to be a part of your creation. We invite your Holy Spirit into this meeting. You say where we're two or more gathered, you're present. We ask the Holy Spirit to enlighten for us these scripture verses, that they may pierce our heart, renew our minds, that we too may be, in our uniqueness, reflection of Christ in this world, Father, that needs you. So we ask all this in Jesus' name, amen. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Cameron, do you mind give us a little gospel love? I would love to. Again, we are in the book of Luke, chapter 20, verses 27 through 38. Some Sadducees, those who deny that there is a resurrection, came forward and put this question to Jesus, saying, Teacher, Moses wrote for us, if someone's brother dies, leaving a wife but no child, his brother must take the wife and raise up descendants for his brother. Now there were seven brothers. The first married a woman but died childless. Then the second and the third married her. And likewise, all the seven died childless. Finally, the woman also died. Now at the resurrection, whose wife will that woman be? For all seven had been married to her. Jesus said to them, The children of this age marry and remarry, but those who are deemed worthy to attain to the coming age and to the resurrection of the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage. They can no longer die, for they are like angels, and they are the children of God, because they are the ones who will rise. That the dead will rise, even Moses made known in the passage about the bush, when he called out, Lord, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, and he is not the God of the dead, but of the living. For to him all are alive. The gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. You know, as you were reading this, I think one of the deepest theological truths in here for me, in my awakening spiritually, is that they are children of God, children of God the Father. You know, we cannot enter the kingdom of heaven, Jesus tells us, unless we become like one of these little ones, like children. It's in, through, and with Jesus Christ that we have that divine intimacy, that fatherly relationship with God the Father. Do we cry out to him like Jesus did, Abba, Father, Daddy? Do we have that childlike awe and wonder every day 
As we look at the beauty of the creation of God, and we marvel at the sunrise and the sunset, and we see the beauty of the leaves changing color, do we truly stop and see the beauty that God has created? For what? For us, to bring us joy, to bring us peace, to let us know he's got it all in the palm of his hand. Help me, Father, to have that childlike joy, that childlike dependency on you, Father, as Jesus did. Jesus came to this earth for one purpose and one purpose only, to do the will of the heavenly Father. Jesus only spoke what the Father instructed him to speak. Man, I want to grow in that divine intimacy with the Father, in through and with Jesus Christ, so that I can invite Dad along, invite the Father along. Let's go for a walk, Dad. Let's go fishing. I challenged friends of mine earlier this week, and I said, you know, at the end of the day, as you reflect on your day, ask yourself this question. Did I have fun with the Father? Did I have fun with my Father, God the Father? God the Father wants us all to be his precious sons and daughters that he delights in. When you get that, that's the entrance into the kingdom of heaven, the abundant life that Jesus experienced on earth and, of course, now eternally with the Father and Holy Spirit in the eternal exchange of love. Man, Father, help me to continue to grow in that divine intimacy with you. Wow. It's beautiful. They are children of God because they're the ones who will rise. Um, it says the children of this age marry and remarry, but those who are deemed worthy to attain to the coming age and to the resurrection of the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage. So that starts off Jesus' response to these Sadducees. He says, children of this age marry. Marriage is for today. Marriage is for this life that we're living. It's something that God designed. He also set parameters around it because when he designs or he creates something, somebody, when they create a product, they put together a manual that goes with that product. Here's how to operate this thing the best possible way. And if you want to not read the manual on something that's complex, you might be able to enjoy that product for a little while, but if you really want that thing to thrive and you want to teach others about it and you want to live it out every day to the best possible design that you can, it's best to go to the manual. So the idea that God designed marriage for us, this is something that he designed. Part of it is for us to learn some kingdom and heavenly realities, and part of it is because it's not good for man to be alone. And he creates that helpmate and the idea of serving another one and, and the idea of, like, it talks about the man being the head of the house and it also calls the man to be the one that, not with physical strength, but in serving. That is how he has his leadership. Through, in the same way Jesus laid down his life for the church. That's that's our role and responsibility in our house. And I, I think we... We have to take marriage seriously in the way that there's there's 
people out there, you, if we're relating it to this scripture, it would be the Sadducees. They're the ones who deny. They're the ones who say, ah, you know what? Not for me. I don't want to do it that way. I, I, I have my own ways and my own thoughts, and I'm, I'm going to go about this the way I think is what's best for me. And we get to be an example in our families, in our neighborhood, in our communities, to our extended families, to our friends. I'm doing marriage this way because God designed it this way. And then, listen, if your marriage is nothing but perfectness, great. A lot of marriages, it, there's work involved. And, w- and when you can be there as an example to somebody else who says, I don't get it. I've watched you for 10 years. There's something different. What is that? Because I don't have it, and it's, what I have is not good. I think those are the times where we can set ourselves up to say, have you ever put yourself to the challenge of trying to outserve your partner? Well, that just doesn't make sense. That takes away my stronghold. Well, try it. Try it. And I'll talk to you every day. S- see how it goes for the next week. Just say to yourself, I'm going to outserve my partner. Mm. And you follow up with that person a week later, and it's like, whoa, you wouldn't believe it. You wouldn't believe it. I laid my life down, and I can't believe it. We're, this is happening, and that's happening. I can't wait to do it more. Why do, we, why do those conversations come our way? Because we get to be an example and say, this is how marriage works. This is how it was set up. It, it doesn't make sense to take a leadership role by serving, but that's how it was set up. That's how it was designed. So I'm going to live that out. And then does it take some work? Does it take some effort? Yes. But then God's going to put people in your lives that need to hear that at the right time. And then we get to not just give them lip service, but we get to say, hey, I was there too. I remember, I remember that time. I remember I wanted to go about it that way, but I went about it that way and it didn't work. And I tried another way. And finally, I got to this point. I think those are the times where we as Christians get to speak into each other's lives and say, we do this differently because we trust that he's the one that set this up. We trust that he's the one that designed it, and I'm going to stick with the designer's plans because that's what's best. That's awesome. And, you know, when I first read uh, neither that they will neither marry or be given in marriage, I'm like, whoa, whoa wait a minute. Well, what's going to happen with my wife? I mean, you mean I'm not married or in heaven? Because I didn't get it. And God took me on a journey because I never really understood fully well, we realize and understand that Christ is the bridegroom. Each and every one of us, men and women alike, are called to be the bride. Right. Just like Mary's example was to open up, to receive, to conceive Christ in our heart, and then take Christ to those in need. So for me, understanding that in heaven there's no marriage, why? Because marriage was instituted by God, not man. No government, no person, nobody can redefine what marriage is. Marriage was created by God. One man and one woman, very, very much so, Jesus was explicit in that. Because in the beginning, God created a male and female. That's a biblical fact. And the two shall become one. That union in marriage of a male and a female in a sacramental marriage is meant to be what? An example of the eternal exchange of love, a signpost that points and is an invitation eternally to the eternal exchange of love between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Well, in order for that to be that, we that marriage needs to be grounded and formed on the four pillars of God's love. 
And you'll hear it in the marriage vows. If you go to a Catholic wedding, it needs to be that it's free, pillar number one. You can't buy your way to heaven. You can't work your way to heaven. It's a free gift from God. It's total. Jesus is all us in us, and we are all in him. I'm giving myself fully to my wife. My wife gives herself fully to me. It's faithful. I'm not going to cheat on her. She's not going to cheat on me. We're going we're to be faithful in this union. And the fourth pillar of God's love is fruitful. Fruitful means that we're open to God's divine plan, open to life. We cannot play God in the bedroom and decide, yes, a child, no, a child. We need to be open and to the teachings of Holy Mother Church of how a marriage is to be open to the blessings God wants to give us. A full quiver is a blessed quiver, not I only want two arrows in my quiver. Stop. Stop. We have lost our way. We have been blinded by the enemy. God knows what's best for us, and every child is a blessing from God. Every child is formed in the womb of the mother by the hands of God himself, and he knits the soul. The only one that can knit a soul to the body is God, not Satan. He can't make anything. When we realize the gift of a child and the union, that one flesh union of a husband and a wife open to life, it doesn't mean that you'll have children, but you're open to that truth, trusting in God. Because you know what? If you don't have children, naturally, then be open like God the Father was to adoption of children like God adopted each of us. The Father adopted us. We're the adopted children of the Father and create your family that way. So for me, realizing that marriage is an earthly signpost that's meant to point and be a light in the world to point people to the eternal reality of the eternal exchange of love. God the Father to the Son is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Three persons, one God. Whoa, help me, Father, to be that example. And then for me as a guy, let me tell you what. When I came to realize that my wife, first and foremost, is God the Father's precious daughter. Oops. Hey, Father, help me to love love her rightly, purely and passionately. And then realizing that my wife is Jesus' sister. Whoop! Hey, Jesus, help me to please love your sister purely and passionately. And whoa, spouse of the Holy Spirit, oh, hold on. Holy Spirit, help me to purely and passionately love your bride the way you love her. When you take your moment to do that, and women, it goes for you too. goes for you too. When you do that... God answers that prayer. And the more I love her rightly, I love the Christ within her. She's built to be a responder. She loves the Christ in me. She responds to the Christ in me. That's what you were talking about, Cameron. That's right. Wow, it's so good. I'm, I'm going to jump to the end of this. Uh, again, we're in Luke chapter 20, verse 27 through 38. At the end of this, it says, That the dead will rise, even Moses made this known in the passage about the bush when he called out, Lord, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, and he is not the God of the dead, but of the living, for to him all are alive. I think sometimes it's easy to think about like, oh yeah, there was a generation ahead of me or a couple generations ahead of me and and they're dead and I'm carrying it on. God's looking at time from outside of time. He's looking at the whole thing at once. He gets to see 
Right now, he's looking at a generation that we might not ever meet. Our kids, 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 kids. He, he gets to see what they're going through today. I, I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't claim to have this figured out, but just that picture in and of itself, it's almost like, Lord, what can I do today to affect a generation I'm never going to be a part of? They're, like, I get to make choices now right. that are going to affect how my great-great-great-grandchildren live their lives. It, the idea of living this life for a legacy. And, and so that's putting the shoes on for myself, but it, it's easier to think of if I, like, how, how impactful would it be if you, when you, whenever, on a certain birthday, your family shared with you, okay, okay, kids, gather around. I'm going to read you this letter from great, 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 great grandpa. He didn't know your names, but he addressed your generation in this letter. And choices he made because he he wanted what's best for you. And so let me tell you about this guy. What he did was whatever whatever the story is, right? He I was a farmer and I I found the Lord and I you know I was an immigrant or I did this or I did that. But you know what? I spent my morning praying for my children. I spent the next part of the day praying for my grandchildren. My great, I just just imagine being a kid and hearing like, great, 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 great grandpa thought of me. What? And made choices in my best interest back then? Yeah. And, 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 and just imagine that too, where he gets to say, there were some things spiritually passed on to me that I'm going to make some choices so that you don't, I'm going to fight this battle so that you don't have to fight this battle. You read that letter and you're like, whoa. So... Maybe some of, I don't have that letter from my family lineage, but I would like for my generations yeah. to, to have that letter yeah. as, as something practical. You know, and as I read this, I circled, we're like angels. You got to be careful there, because I've seen people say, <laughs> you know what, we got wings, we're floating right. in the clouds, we're right. playing instruments, you know, musical instruments. Stop, 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 stop. Jesus Christ rose from the dead bodily. His body still had the wounds, though they no longer hurt. Those wounds were used to bring others, doubting Thomas, into the belief in Jesus Christ. So guess what? When God formed you in the womb of your mother, you were created in the image and likeness of God. When you die, that image and likeness isn't gone. It is perfected in through with Jesus Christ. Your body you're in now will be resurrected, purified, made perfect in Christ. I get to keep the body, but now perfected. In the beginning, Adam and Eve walked with God and were built to live eternally, just like you and I. They broke the covenant. Through Jesus Christ, the covenant, the new covenant is restored. When we say our yes, we turn away, metanoia, repent of our sins, and say our yes to Jesus Christ, it's a new beginning for us to once again, at the end of the earthly life, walk that garden, walk that creation with the Father, back in union. We were built for eternity. Yes, we will all die on this earth, earthly, but... We also have the hope and the promise of Jesus Christ. Biblically, we will rise. And at the end of the world, we will rise bodily. Our bodily bodies will now be fully united with Christ. It, like St. Paul says in the letter to the Galatians, it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me and then with me 
and through me. No eye has seen, no ear has heard what God has planned for those who love him. I don't have it figured out, but I'm all in. I lived life one day, one step. I'm all in. When God's ready, I'm ready. But right now, I got more work to do, and so do each and every one of you. Yeah, that's beautiful. And and I can't help but think of this, too. The start of this, some Sadducees, those who deny that there's a resurrection, came forward and they questioned Jesus. So that's the setup to this story that we're reading about. And Jesus answers answers it perfectly. Um, I don't know who I'm talking to, but I want to just bring that up as a challenge. There's a lot of people around us that deny, that deny that there's a resurrection. They deny the Bible. They deny Jesus. Are we prepared to answer them the way that Jesus answered people? Because all of all of the ways, all of these stories where Sadducees put together a, a question for Jesus, he answers it different ways each time. But there's so much truth in that. If we immerse ourselves in the Gospels, if we immerse ourselves in the Word of God, and and we understand these stories not just on a a practical level, but it's oh, this is what he was doing. He was. He was intentional with his words. He was addressing what they were trying to get at. He was not falling into their traps. He wasn't falling into those tricks. The enemy only has so many tactics, and he still uses this tactic. He uses this. He gets in people's minds, and those people deny that there's a resurrection. Those people deny the blood of Jesus, and we run into those people all of the time. How do we combat that? Do we just let people keep going and going with all of their facts and figures and science and did you know? And it's like, ah, oh, man, I, that doesn't that doesn't sit well in my spirit, but I don't know how to, what do I, just a challenge for each of us, a challenge for me as well. Immerse yourself in the Gospels. Read through these. Read through them with, with the idea of, Holy Spirit, I need you. I need you to shine your light on this. I need you to illuminate this. I need this to be a reality in my heart because when I'm in those situations, I want to speak the way that Jesus spoke. I want to bring truth when somebody's twisting the truth. I want to cut through the facts and figures and and respond the way Jesus responded because these people, they had, this isn't the only example. There's tons of times where this group Sadducees and Pharisees, they come to Jesus in the flesh and they say, I, oh, I know how to get him this time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about this. I know how to get him this time. Let's talk about it. And they're constantly conspiring. Just understand, those things are happening now. Are we prepared to be able to stand up for what we believe in? Is it past our mind? Is it in our hearts where we're able to, to deliver truth with love? Yep. Can I help you with something, Cameron? Please. Yes. So you used a word read the the Gospels. I'm going to challenge you. Bef- don't do that. I want you to say, Lord, speak to me through the Gospels. Pierce my heart. Renew my mind. God, so Jesus infleshed the Bible. The Word became flesh. That's our calling. So when you go to read the Bible, stop. That's an earthly mindset. Say, Lord, I'm going to open up your word. Speak to my heart. Renew my mind. Help me to see what I'm to see. Hear what I'm to hear. Lord, perfect me in this world that I may truly be a light that leads to you. 
when you realize Jesus himself is speaking to you in every gospel verse, in every scripture verse, and you ask God to and the Holy Spirit to break open that meaning, and then you say, Lord, help me and flesh that meaning, oh, my goodness gracious, you will be astounded at what you learn. You know, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not a theologian. I never went to school for that. I was born and raised Catholic at age 46 at a major conversion event. God took me on a journey to teach me the truth and beauty of the Catholic faith biblically, and now has given me this gift to be able to share this worldwide with my brothers and sisters that aren't Catholic, with Catholics that I meet. And let me tell you what, what I love about being Catholic is that God founded his church on Peter, Petra, the rock. The first 36 of the first 39 popes gave their life, were martyred to bring us the word of God we have today. Ladies and gentlemen, I go to Holy Mother Church when I have a question, when I'm not sure, and I'll take the catechism and I'll open it up and say, Holy Mother Church, you're the Bible says you are the bulwark and foundation of truth. Show me what you believe. Man, I open up and I read what the catechism of the Catholic Church speaks, and it uses biblical verses. I'm like, oh my goodness, I never looked at it from that perspective. You know, I'm not, I am not above Holy Mother Church. I am under her. And Holy Mother Church is under the Holy Spirit. That gift that God has given us as his bride, this church founded on Peter, unbroken line of popes, is such a gift. Is it made up of sinners? Absolutely, I'm going to raise my hand. But her truth and her teaching has never changed her dogmas since the beginning. Go to Holy Mother Church. God created them, male and female, biblical church truth, contraception against life. 100% the Catholic Church teaches is an abomination. Martin Luther said that. Calvin said that. Zellweg said that. Marriage is between one man and one woman. Biblical truth, Holy Mother Church. We don't go to the world and the winds of the worlds and the ways of the world to learn truth. We go first and foremost to the Bible and then say, Holy Mother Church, shine the light on this truth. And we stand on that truth with love because truth and love together are Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, let's wake up, stand on biblical truths, deliver them with, with love, and be lights in this world that corrects the ill way this world is going. God bless each and every one of you. Have a great day. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, please consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For more information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, and to learn about all of the family of ministries, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, 
is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you've enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a tax-deductible donation by visiting stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of all of us at Stewardship, a mission of faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.